Oh man, how you doing? I'm alright, man. I'm good. I'm good. Super tired. Tired from what, man? Tired working, man. Damn. Working. Still man. doing that? <laughs> yeah. Working for working for them, man. Working for me. Like I, oh, I think in the man. last, I think in the last three, like today, was the first day in the last like three or four days that I got like a extended period of sleep. Yeah. Like between work and you know doing this campaign. Um, working on these videos that I'm doing, yeah, production, all that. Like I haven't been sleeping, dude. Like, yeah, I, that's dangerous, it's, man. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I got, I gotta, I gotta find the, the time, man. Time is. You're serving two masters, you know. You gotta, <laughs> say you can't serve two masters. Hey, that paycheck gotta. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That paycheck gotta be a little more, more proper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gotta be a little more right for me to, you know, serve the personal master completely. You that's know? true. That's true. They gotta. Yeah, you gotta pay yourself a little bit more. Right, right, yeah, yeah. right. Increase the bag size. Yeah, increase the bag size. bags a little light. Right, right, right. So you know, I, I can, I can manage though. I'm doing all right. Yeah, yeah. No, super duty, real. man. Super yeah, duty back I, in the sh- building. Shit is chilling for me now. Now I'm like, today I got out everything. Oh, like, yeah. As of today, like every single order and every single fucked up order is out. Dope. I'm like, work. Yeah, so you chilling. Oh, come on, man. First day you, you <sighs> didn't have to do really too much. Bro, yesterday I bagged everything up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I scheduled my pickup with USPS. Sat my shit on the porch this morning and I was like, ah. <laughs> relaxing. Yeah, like, throwing some music. I, yeah, I was chilling. <laughs> like, let me listen to Jawar's record. Let me go run around with the camera. I did that. I just chilled, man. It's been, you know, it's been chill, man. I've been, you know, it's hot. Yes. Crazy hot. I had yeah. a crazy hood story the other day, man. <laughs> what happened? Oh, bro. I'm tell you this hood story. <laughs> oh, this is a classic. So it's like, for some reason, this weekend, since it got real hot, I can't mm. sleep late. Mm-hmm. By late, I mean like nine o'clock. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like not like yeah, the, yeah. I don't want people to think I'm sleeping till noon, right. so I can't sleep that late. So like I think it was Saturday. You know, I, I woke up at like five thirty a.m. Saturday, mm-hmm. and I just was like, "Damn, I should go back to sleep," but then I couldn't. So I just worked for like all fucking day to like seven eight at night, and then around ten eleven, like, I'm just gonna go to sleep again. Went to sleep eleven, which is unheard of for me. Right. Woke up at like six. I was like, all right, well, fuck it. I'm going to go, you know, do some work again. Mm-hmm. You know, get up and get active. So I get on my bike. It's like 730 and shit, you know. Mm-hmm. It's all nice out. It's all quiet in the hood and serene and shit. So I bike down the street. And uh, I get about four houses down. And I just hear, hey, hey, <laughs> come here, man, come here. Directed at you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. I was, just, you know, it's 730 in the fucking morning. Right, right. I look. And I see this. I look. And this dude's just running at me like, yo. Come here, man. Come here. And he was butt ass naked. <laughs> butt ass naked. Oh man. Okay. And All he right. was like, "Get him off me. Get him off me." Was he by himself? <laughs> I didn't see nobody. Man. <laughs> you ain't see I didn't nobody see on him? anybody. Okay. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, uh, I'm confused. Now. <laughs> it's seven thirty a.m. This fifty-year-old naked dude is running at me, and I'm just thinking, I'm just confused. So I look at him and I say, "Hey, man, put on some motherfucking clothes," <laughs> because I can't think straight. Because you know his dick is just wagging around. It's all little and shit. I want to be like, "Man, this little ass dick, put something on, put some drawers on." You know, and he's like, he's like, "Look, he in here. Help me get him." You know, just get, call the police. And I'm like, on who? 
you know he's like yeah well get him get him get him off of me and so I, I start looking in the door and I don't see nobody in there. And I'm thinking, uh-huh. man, he probably got a dead body in there, man. There's <laughs> something crazy. Yeah, I'm not about to go in a scene of a crime. Nah, uh-uh. So I'm on my bike and I'm just at the sidewalk. I'm not going near his in his yard, grass uh, yeah. or door. And I'm just confused, you know. So then while he's sitting there riffing, talking, come here, man, come on. I'll show you, man. I'll show you. This chick just walks out. She pushes past him in the door, just walks out. Uh-huh. I'm even more confused. I'm like, fuck. She just walked out. She just walked out. He's like, call the police, man. Call the police. You know, he's running back in, running back out naked, butt ass naked. You know, but he's he's like grabbing his ass and shit. Like, (laughs) he's grabbing his ass. Like, something's wrong with his booty. That grabbing his butt cheeks. And I'm like, oh. Just really disoriented, trying to gather my wits and think, what, what should I do? What? Right. How do I handle this? Like, so I see this girl. I'm like, well, do you need help? You know, I asked the girl, like, do you need help? Is everything okay? Uh-huh. You know, because I'm thinking, butt ass naked dude running around, dick uh-huh. hanging out. Girl walks out of his house. He talking about call the cops. Something crazy's going yeah, something on happened here. It. But she's just like nonchalant, like, oh, I'm good. He's just crazy. <laughs> then she proceeds to just walk down the street. Like it wasn't shit. Okay. So, cause I was like following her in the back. I was like, "Are you good? You you okay, Miss?" She was like, "Oh, I'm good. It ain't shit. He just crazy." And she just dipped and to never be seen again. Right. So, I'm confused. So I'm just like, "All right, well, the girl is gone. Uh-huh. I'm not going in this dude's house. It's seven o'clock in the morning. Right. It's literally no one else out mm-hmm. at all. It's nothing but this dude running back and forth trying to convince me to come in his house and get." somebody off of him that doesn't exist <laughs> so i just dip i was like man i'm out of here man fuck this uh-huh. because you know I, it was like a stalemate of just me saying look um him being come in here help me out me saying put some motherfucking clothes on <laughs> put some clothes on what the fuck help me out get him off me put some clothes, clothes on. on will you put some fucking clothes on like so it was just weird it was a stand i said you know what fuck this i'm out mm. i dip i go down the street i said you know get back on my bike and so I get down my street. I look back. I see him run over to his neighbor's house, uh-huh. who is my dude Tyrone. Uh-huh. So my dude Tyrone lived next door to him. He's like one of my contractor dudes, and you know he be fixing houses up. And Tyrone is like 60, 65 years old, older okay. cat, OG on the street. Yeah. I always hang out with Tyrone. That's my dude. Uh-huh. I see naked dude run up to his door. <laughs> boom, 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 like like knocking like police or some shit. And it's seven thirty in the morning. Seven thirty, bro. It might not even have been that late. It's seven thirty. So I'm like, oh, man, am I going to have to go back down there? You know, ring on Tyrone's door. He grabs the handle, starts trying to pull Tyrone's door open. I'm like, oh, fuck, man, this is this is not good. So I just stay. I stop where I'm at and I just look and I watch. And so I guess, you know, I'm probably about four or five houses down looking back at the naked dude, just thinking like, damn, you know, I'm going to have to go down here and get this dude off Tyrone. I don't know what's happening. You know, what I mean, he's mm-hmm. on some shit. So Tyrone. uh comes out his house and then walks he's like yo come i'll show you i'll show you oh what i'm also forgetting like before when i didn't go in the dude's house this dude walked out in the uh, street and no he got in his own car butt naked in his driveway mm-hmm. opened all the doors and started hitting the horn as if he was trying to get somebody out of his house that wasn't even there. Like, it's, you know how you pull up next to somebody's house yeah. that you're picking up to go out with and you mm-hmm. hit the horn? Yeah. Like, oh, come on, come on, it's time to go. Right. He started doing that to his own house. 
to himself. It was bugged, bruh. Bruh, it was bugged out. So anyway, he's back at Tyrone's. I see Tyrone walk over there with him because Tyrone is just like, I don't know. He don't know because uh-huh. Tyrone didn't see me talking to him. Right. So Tyrone goes back to this dude's house, walks in to look around, you know, because I guess Tyrone's thinking, well, who's on you? You know what I'm saying? And and then uh, I just hear riffing, you know, barking, dude, barking. So I bike down there fast. Like, oh, I don't want to have to grab this naked motherfucking wrestle with him. <laughs> You know what I mean? No one wants to be wrestling with a naked motherfucker at seven o'clock in the morning. Like, you know, naked dudes be slippery as hell. You know, slippery ass naked motherfuckers. So I'm following this. I roll back and I roll up in the grass and I see Tyrone standing in the door. I say, Tyrone, you all right? He's like, oh, I'm good, Al. I'm good. I'm cool. You know, mm. but Tyrone don't know that what's going on, that I saw this crazy motherfucker first. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I'm like, all right, man, you sure? Yeah, I'm good. I'm straight, man. I'm straight. So I leave. You know, come back about an hour later, and I see Tyrone on his porch. He's like, "Good morning, Al," <laughs> and we just start laughing. <laughs> so I bike up to Tyrone's house. I said, "Man, what the fuck was that this morning?" He said, "Man, I was about to ask you the same thing." He said, "That crazy motherfucker <laughs> came in my house." I said, "Are you on crack?" <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, I am." <laughs> Said, yeah, I'm on. He, the dude admitted he was on crack. He called Ty, Tyrone. Said he's up in there talking about get him off of me. Something is on me. He was like, he said, man, ain't nothing on you. Dude was just grabbing his butt, feeling like something happened to his booty or something. And Ty, you know, so Tyrone goes to his apartment. You know, looks in. I guess you know nobody's in there. No one's in the house. You know, and Tyrone's like, look, you know. I don't know what to tell you, partner. You know, goes back and for the same thing I went through. But mm-hmm. Tyrone's like, I'm not going to look around your house. I'm stopping right here at the door. There's nobody here, bro. Right. You know, you, you need to chill the fuck out. So then Tyrone is just like, well, what do I do? <laughs> he said he was like, well, wait a minute. This dude, the person who owns the house, actually lives down the street. So why don't I just take this butt naked motherfucker down there <laughs> to the to the owner of the house yes wow so tyrone said he basically you know when dude kept hopping his car like call the police call the police because he said the same thing dude was like call 911 call 911 <laughs> and we thinking that would be the worst thing that could happen right. to you we're not calling 911 yeah, then bro. you going downtown bro. yeah 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 have you seen how this works like crazy butt naked dudes get tased <laughs> shot the fuck up right you know what i'm saying you high on crack running around talking about grabbing your booty this is not gonna end well right. man if the cops show up so Tyrone said he just told dude to get in the car, <laughs> drove him literally 10 houses down the but street, naked. butt naked, <laughs> walked him up to the owner of the house's door and it was like, door. Green is out here. I guess dude's name is Green or something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> he knocked him. He's like, who's there? Uh, Tyrone. Uh, what's up, Tyrone? Oh, Green is down here. He needs your help. You know, so she comes to the door and she sees this motherfucker and he's just butt ass naked. She opens the thing and Tyrone's like, here you go. You know. <laughs> Your boy is he's high on something. Get him. And he pushes Tyrone into her house. And he just gets leaves the car there and walks back down to his house. This shit is crazy, bro. This is ultimate hood tale, man. This wow. is a hood shit. You should write a book about this. Oh, bro. It was the funniest shit, this man. It would be a good skit. Bro, we was laughing the whole time, man. I was like, Tyrone, man. He said, what? I said, why is it dick so little? I was like, man, I don't know, man. I thought the same thing, man. <laughs> Dog, it was it was so little. He was like, "Damn, is, did she steal your dick? Is that what this is about? You get so high, you think your dick is gone." I, th- I think he was so high, he thought his dick had been stolen. 
That's why he was so mad. You know, grabs like, get him off of me. Get him off of me. Is something on me, Tyrone? Is <laughs> it nothing on you, family? Wow. No, Never a dull moment. Bro, that was my, that shit made my day, man. I'd I sure had a did. funny ass, weird ass Friday night. Uh-huh. And I swear, like, I think I'd, I, was, I had problems with this girl I was trying to see, and that shit kind of fell apart. And I was like, damn. Then that shit happened, man. It just made my fucking weekend, man. I was like, this is the funniest fucking shit. That's great. Like, you can't even script this shit out. Nah, like, you can't. People would think this is some shit out of a movie. It's mm. not. It literally happened. Like, my neighbor's name is Tyrone. That's the ultimate, like, hood neighbor. <laughs> right. Tyrone's, like, took him right down the fucking street. Pushed him in the door. That's awesome. And we didn't see that go. dude the rest of the day, man. And the girl? Ne- the girl never came back. Our th- our thought was that the girl was a prostitute or some shit. Right. Or she gave him some drugs that was just fucked up. And then she just like. She just dipped. Dipped. We, she was never to be seen again. So Tyrone didn't even know that the girl existed. Oh, okay. He was like, dude, he talking about she, her. Ain't no woman over there. I was like, oh, you missed a girl. There actually was a girl. She <laughs> left. But there's never no dude over there talking about get him off of me. Mm. It was like he was standing in the doorway like he was boxing somebody out for a rebound. But he was butt ass naked. <laughs> talking about get him off of me. And I was confused as fuck. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's my weekend. Uh-huh. Super duty tough work <laughs> in the building. Take a break. You are now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Yeah, man. So we back, Super Duty Tough Work, man. Yes, sir. So uh, you got a new record coming out. I do, man. I'm excited. Excited? Excited about Share it. Share some work with the people. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been what, three years? Two years? That long? Yeah, since 2013 when uh, Capture Sun came out. It's been that? You're right. That was 2013. Mm-hmm. When, um, same year, um, um, Bimba Don't Break, too. That's it's true. You're yeah, right. When we yeah. did that tour. Yeah, well, they didn't give you no CDs to sell. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You was out there butt naked without butt naked CDs. Without CDs. <laughs> butt naked. Without merch. Right. He was naked of merch on that tour. <laughs> this is true. I, I had posters. Get them off me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But so, yeah. so, so, why so long in between records? Logic? Um, Because. I, and, I, and I'm going to remedy that situation, but um, I usually work on one record at a time and, yeah. you know, like I get done with one and then I start working on the next. And, you know, it does take me some time to put a record together. Um, so, you know, no excuse, but I got like three or four records like that in, are in, in the vault, in the, in vault, the chamber, in the chamber. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to start, you know, dropping a little more frequently. Stop starving the block. You know yeah, don't saying? starve the block too long, man. You got to come back with that cook up every now and again. You know, <laughs> yeah, go to a different dealer. Right. Got to keep it regular. <laughs> regular. Keep coming with that heat. Yeah, so, so, uh, but yes, you know, Illogic, as we say sometimes, you know, we forget to talk about our own rap stuff on this podcast. Right, but man. we do rap. Yeah, we got bars. We got albums. Yeah. You know, multiples. Tours. Yeah, we do things. Websites. <laughs> right. Blogs. Right. You know what I'm saying? We, we do this. Uh-huh. So we're just going to take some time and talk about Elodic's new project. So first, the name of the record. Yep. A Man Who Thinks For Himself. A Man Who Thinks With His Own with Mind. With His Own Mind. Okay. Yes. A Man Who Thinks With His Own Mind. Now, that's probably the longest album title you ever had. <laughs> it is. It is. Explain it is. the origin of it. Um, Actually, my, um, my name is Jawar Regan Kariga Glass. And Kariga actually means a man who thinks with his own mind really yes that's fucking dope yeah 
my mom. Um, mom at bars, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mom you already got, got the coolest real name and shit. <laughs> right. Jawar, that should be a rap name, just Jawar. Yeah. Who needs a rap name with a first name like that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So mom, mom hit me with that name, and I um I did some research on it, and I was it was between naming the album Kariga, which is my middle name, or you know the meaning of it, and Kariga was a little too you know cloaked in the shadows too too much heavenly cotton balls for us <laughs> yeah 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 a little too artsy so <laughs> too artsy so um yeah i thought i'd um i'd take the the full the full meaning of the name and also on this record i'm i'm kind of i'm kind of trying to take a, a few more chances with some things you yeah. know what i'm saying so and trying to get outside of the box of what i usually do yeah um as much um so you know trying to do some different things and because i'm doing the record all myself putting it out myself you know what i'm saying like you know doing everything myself and you know i I figured it would be a good title for the record so what you mean elijah doesn't have 12 elves running around (laughs) doing his his bidding at all hours of the day no no it doesn't happen like that it does not have a staff of full-time employees i wish doing things for you all the time of course not oh man no man so you're actually a real independent artist huh yeah really independent nice like independent like my own credit card to bank account independent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I paid for this. Right. No funding. This is out of pocket. Right, right, independent. right. Nah, that's dope. So I mean, doing this one completely yourself. Um, I would love to talk about something that people haven't talked about, but I like to 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 get into like why that came about. Like I know just in terms of the last time you put out Capture with the Sun, mm-hmm. how you wanted to you know, partner with a label for that mm-hmm. and how that situation didn't go as expected. Right. But I'd like you to kind of get into what did you experience last time that kind of made you do it differently this time? Well, the last time, um, everything like worked out as far as press and things of that nature. That part was awesome as far as Capture the Sun goes. But um, something, honestly, something you told me yeah. during um, that period is that all of the work that I did leading up to Capture the Sun, um, I put out the preparing for capture EPs. Um, I took care of my own videos, all of that stuff. I did that, you know, and I got myself to a point where a label was even interested. And something you told me is that, you know, I made the goal to get Capture the Sun on a label and I achieved my goal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And if I would have changed my narrative and made the goal for me to put this record out and make it as successful and do all the steps that I did leading up to it, but then, you know, take everything, <clears throat> take everything myself and, you know, put it out myself, then, you know, the success would have been greater for me personally and financially um, yes. as well. And I would, you know, still own the rights to my record. Um, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. But, you know, just being able to, you know, be in control of how my campaign is run. You know, yeah. be in control of how, when I drop this and how my album cover looks and all of this stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's it's very empowering and it, you know, it's, it's, it's a great sense of, it gives me a great sense of achievement when I see things done. And, you know, it was kind of my planning and my, you know, mapping of the whole situation to do it. It's, it's very, it makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's super rewarding. And then, um, you know, one thing you touched on is is seeing a campaign that you put together be successful. Mm-hmm. The ill thing is like sometimes people assume that just because they get signed mm-hmm. or they're a part of a label 
that you automatically have this machine mm-hmm. of 12 elves <laughs> right running right. around who's only mission is to make you successful mm-hmm. and oftentimes that's not the case especially if you're on a label that has multiple artists come on because now. you are not going to be the focus you know what i'm saying if you're not the flagship artist of that label then you're not going to be the focus and you know no not to any label because that's just how labels are run yes you know but you have to do the work to make yourself successful whether you have a label or not and in turn the thing that one of the things that i learned is you know minus the publicist I did everything pretty much on my own anyway. Tried to told you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like minus you. the publicist and pressing the records up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, but you know, I was pressing my own records up before. Exactly. You know, and I'm pressing my own records up now. So, you know, it's not to knock people for wanting to get signed or be on labels and things, but in today especially in today's world with technology and access to everything, there's no reason that as an independent artist you necessarily need a label and i mean depending on your size of course you know certain artists of certain sizes there's certain things that they just can't do by themselves exactly you know but an artist of my size there's no reason that i should hand over my project to somebody else to you know take it to fruition yeah you know what i mean especially if they're gonna fuck it up (laughs) you know because yeah you never know what the fuck can happen and, and, you know, and, and making a record is very much like childbirth. It is. You know, it's probably the closest a man will come to childbirth mm-hmm. is like creating an album, mm-hmm. you know, something right. we labor on for a fucking <laughs> yeah. year. Just creating anything. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like do, the dudes that do woodwork. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when they make that desk, it's like, ah, this ah, is my child. Yeah. You know? Without the pain. You right. know, it's, just, it's childbirth to us. But so when you when you give that to someone else, mm-hmm. You don't you don't just stop caring about that child, right? Just because you've given it to another label, it's still yours, mm-hmm. um, and that that could be tough in a situation where you know you are not the biggest artist and you don't have the biggest machine, but mm-hmm. you're seeing like you know what, I can control this a little bit more. Right. I can make sure that this narrative of this album, that this campaign goes for as long or as short as I want it. Mm-hmm. But that is ran at all. Right. I can make sure that someone fucking cares. Right. And it's focused how I want it to focus. It goes, you know, it goes the way that I want. It tells the story that I want it to tell. Yeah. You know, all of those things, being in control of that and being in control of the narrative and how you're viewed and how your record is viewed as well by the public is necessary and important, especially for artists like us. Straight up, straight up. So, like, what what have you learned so far? Um, It's a lot of work. <laughs> Shit busy. I mean, like, I um, because I'm doing a uh, actually tomorrow I'm gonna be dropping the first um piece of a series that I'm doing called Think with Your Own Mind and What Does It Mean? Um, and it's an interview I did with my mother. And dude, I was in, I was in, um, it took me like six hours uh-huh. to edit the video, and it's the first time I ever, you know, did anything like that. So, okay. you know, granted, that might be why it took me so long because I'm learning the yeah. software and the process of doing everything, but. Dude, like I was at my computer for six. I didn't sleep really yesterday. I slept for like two hours yesterday. Yeah. And I still had to go to work, you know, so it's a lot of work, but it's rewarding work because I'm working for myself. I'm doing something for myself, you know, so I'm willing to not sleep to get some stuff done for me, you know. Yeah. So it's great. Hear that artist? You hear that? <laughs> you hear that line? I'm yeah. willing to not sleep, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, that. That's, that's a real sacrifice, man. Yeah. Because, you know, the perception is that we just chill and mm-hmm. we kick it and we show up at shows and yeah. we, we don't really we write raps. It just know? comes so naturally. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, what you're talking about really highlights all of the hidden things that go into making a record successful. 
Um, so like to you, have you thought about this time around, like what success would mean to you? Um, well, success would mean to me, I mean, just I want people to hear the record and I want people to like the record. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Impact. Or, like, yeah, yeah, just, just the impact. impact. And um, I mean, so far, like, for example, you know, Hip Hop DX covered my first single. Yeah. Um, I just saw today that it was on BET.com. OK. Um, you know, so and this is all without a publicist. This is just me, you know, posted it and grinding it, yeah. grinding out myself. Um, so, you know, I'm seeing that the organic reach is starting to to happen yeah you know and with all the work that we've done you know the foundation that we've laid over the last 20 years jesus yeah we old um that old, <laughs> old but um with all the foundation that we've laid over the last 20 years being able to see some of that happen especially when i'm you know doing this myself being able to see the effects of that and you know the ripple effect how that carries over is definitely you know definitely awesome um but really just getting the record out you know, yeah. getting it mixed, getting it to sound how I want it to sound and getting it in the hands of the people was, you know, that's successful to me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, can't really ask for much more. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That should be a quote. You should use this section on your record somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Probably will. That's that's a dope quote. That's mm -hmm. a dope quote, man. So, yeah, the record itself, man, it's produced by the Sound Cultivator. Mm -hmm. Outside reduction. New yeah. producer. Yeah. Why? Am I fired? Did you fire me? <laughs> nah, nah, just fuck. nah, nah, nah. <laughs> you know, it's it's something, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I've always had one producer for my records. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Whether it was you, whether it was Aaron, whether it was Ill Poetic. You know, I've always and I'm and I'm going to I think I'm going to stick to that formula because it helps. I think it helps with the um, the cohesiveness of the album. Yeah. And it also, you know, it's less of a headache. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You only got Facts. one other person to deal with. Um, but me and him, actually, uh, we did an EP called um, Something in the Water. He went by um, Intellectual at that time. Uh, and okay. we did an EP um, in 2014 called Something in the Water um, that we put out for free. Um, kind of just you know, to fill each other out. He also, the way we met, actually, he did a remix of the song that I did with um, Christoph Crane on his um, Fanfare and album. Okay. And he did a remix of it, and then he reached out to me to work on some music, and that's okay. pretty much how we met. Um, but, you know, I just like, you know, just working with different people, and they bring different things out in me. Um, so I'm always going to, you know, venture out outside the, yeah. the circle. So I, I still got a job. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My feelings yeah. ain't hurt. Yeah, nah, it's yeah. cool. Um, so, so another thing I have the uh, Capture in the Sun. You started getting into mixing the whole record. Mm -hmm. Did you mix this record? I did not. Okay, this record I did not mix. Now I recorded all of the uh, reference vocals at my at house, your house. Okay. and I did all the reference mixes just uh -huh. to kind of give him a direction of how I wanted the record to sound. But you know, he took care of all of that. Okay. Now where is he from? He's from um, I believe it's Amherst, California. Okay. Yeah, he's he's in Way Cali. out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's an unlikely pairing, mm -hmm. but uh, kind of dope. Yeah. So, what should people expect from the record, man? Um. Well, is it this is vintage logic. Is this you know new wave? Is this heavenly cotton ball logic? Is <laughs> this edgy artsy? It's a, com it's a combination it? of a whole lot of different styles on it. Um, yeah. You know, I'm doing some poems. I'm you know just rapping. Um, doing a little sing songiness. Um, yeah. You know, it's a it's a, and it's very mellow. It's it's a good record to smoke too. Yeah, uh, it's got record. a jazz vibe to it. Yeah, real. There's parts real. where I feel like it's like, I feel like the poetic stuff you do on it mm -hmm. has a real like I'm in a jazz club 
Mm-hmm. And someone's cool cats on stage reciting, <laughs> right? Shit. Right, snapping fingers. Yeah, it feels yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, you it know? does have a, a lot of the a lot of the um, tracks that I did pick have a very like smooth jazz kind of feel. Okay, um, and you know I think it's it's like I said it's it's definitely metal mellow. It's definitely a mood record. Yeah, because um, once you put it on, I think if you listen to it all the way through, there's you know there's there's a kind of a um, there's a straight line in the record, uh-huh. but the, it does have subtle, you know, ups and downs as far as tempo, as far as sounds, as far as um, styles, as far as, yeah. you know, things like that. So, you know, I'm trying some do a couple new things, you know what I'm okay. saying? Doing a little so progressive time a here and there. Yeah, a little bit progressive. You know, I'm trying to progress <laughs> and evolve and grow. You know, yeah, that's dope. Uh, you know, I, I listened to it today and, uh, you know, I mentioned to you like like the moments that I thought that really hit me. Uh, was the uh, the guns drawn song because uh-huh. you were just rapping your ass off on that motherfucker mm-hmm. and uh, man or wolf just mm-hmm. on some writing shit. Um, talk to me about technically because you're doing a lot of technically different things as a rapper. Yeah, like there's patterns on here I've never heard you rap in before. Yeah, I'm, I mean I'm always trying new stuff, man. Um, I think I think the thing about me as an artist is that I am always trying to become better. I'm always trying to become better. I'm always trying to explore. You know, new ways to fit wires together, you know, new words to use, new subject matters and things like that. For the Guns Drawn track, um, it's actually more of a kind of a black power kind of kind of thing. Um, but it's it's speaking on both sides. It's speaking about how us as black people are treated outside of ourselves. It is also speaking about how we treat ourselves internally as a culture. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I wanted to show the duality of that because a lot of times we um we worry about how we're being treated too much yeah. and we don't look at how we treat ourselves. You know, you teach people how to treat you. So if you're treating yourself like crap, you can't expect the outside world to treat you like a king, you know, and that's kind of what I talk about on that track. But, you know, as far as style wise, man, I'm just trying to, you know, trying to keep it interesting, man. Yeah. <laughs> patterns. Get the bars off. Yeah, you got patterns, man. Patterns <laughs> on there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's fresh, man. I, I love the artwork, mm-hmm. you know. It's a different, really different record. Now, is this your wife I see on the credits singing on here? Yeah. I thought that. I was like, Matea. Yeah, that's her middle name. Okay. Yeah. I was like, is y'all trying to pull some slick shit and, <laughs> and put her on a record and not talk, tell nobody? So, yeah, his wife sings on the record. But not only that, you sing on the record. I do. Yeah. What's I up do. with that, man? Hey, man, I've I've, always, I've been in a choir. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I grew up in, in church choir. I always, I listened to more R&B when I was young than hip hop, you yeah. know? And even now in my my collection, there's a lot more rock there's a lot more r&b there's a lot more jazz singers and stuff like that than hip-hop i've always been a singer i just never you know utilized that part of my my repertoire um until now you know why not yeah i agree man so yeah to all of our fans out there man support the kids man yeah you can pre-order the record now go to where to go go to uh illogic um dot bandcamp dot com also visit my website i am illogic dot com and the record comes out July 19th. Okay. Now, on what formats? Because, you know, people will say, what's up with the vinyl with Logic? <laughs> hey, man, you know, vinyl <laughs> is expensive, people. Um, is. Doing this must have coming out of, you know, me and me and um, um, Sam is his name, uh, the Sound Cultivator. Like, we're funding this whole record, and vinyl is extremely expensive. Man, so let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but you can get the record on CD. Um, we do have cassette tapes. There's limited edition cassette tapes for the record. And when you place an order, um, you get a CD or the tape. You get an 11 by 17 poster and a sticker. Um, nice. And the poster is signed by myself. And um, yeah, so 
Get them, get nice. that pre-order. Now, does uh, does the CD, does the tape come with the digital download? Yes, yes, there is a digital download. That's a selling point too. <laughs> yeah, the digital download actually has the instrumentals. Um, oh, so if work. you order, if you order just the digital, you get the digital download with the instrumentals and um, a lyric PDF. And if you get the CD, you get the digital download. I see with the you over there, son. Yeah, I you know what I'm saying. Keep game. I see you. Hey, hey, hey! I learn from the best. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm like, where you get this for self value? <laughs> yeah, That's so man's over there. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we do have multiple packages available. You, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I know you do. Yeah, I you know you what I'm saying. There. So uh, you can get the bundle package with the CD and the tape and the poster and all that, and you get the downloads and all that. So all yeah. right, man. So yeah, man. If you're listening, Super Duty Tough Work fans, y'all know we hold this shit down. No doubt. Support a Logics Project. It comes out July 19th. Is that 19th. it? July 19th. It's called A Man Who Thinks With His Own Mind. And speaking of thinking with your own mind, mm-hmm. we're going to dedicate the rest of this episode to originality or the lack thereof. <laughs> yes. And right? it's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to we're gonna take a break and we're going to come back and we're getting into like some of these things and, you know, let's, uh, yeah. you know, let's do it. <laughs> take a break. <laughs> What's up? This is Aesop Rock. I am here to remind you that the Vigilante Genesis EP that I produced for Blueprint will be out May 27th on Waitlist Recordings. The project is pre-ordering right now on Waitlist.net, and the first 250 pre-orders come with an 11 by 17 poster signed by me and Blueprint. From limited purple vinyl to deluxe CD and digital versions, go to Waitlist.net and pre-order your copy now. Thank you for your support. All right, so we back in the building. In the building. Yeah, talking about originality, man. What's that? What? <laughs> talking about being original, man. <laughs> what's, this, what's this? The word I never heard this word before. Originality. Yeah, this, this is new concept. <laughs> yeah, new concept. Wow. Hip hop. Yeah, it's an old. It's maybe it's an old word. Yeah, it's a word just, from the nineties. They use that now. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Not wow. as much. It's that got a, much. a ill ring to it. <laughs> it's nice. Originality. It's a nice word. We should bring it back. Yeah, we should bring it back. We can bring it back. All right. So um, this goes into originality of ideas, you know, originality of music, originality of, you know, anything involving hip hop. Um, And first article we're going to talk about uh, is from Hip Hop DX. Lil John threatens to sue Hampton's boutique. Mm. All right. East Hampton, New York. Lil John is not amused by a boutique in the Hamptons selling a flask with his popular phrase turned down for what? Emblazoned on it. Yeah. <laughs> According to page six, Lil John threatened to sue the shop, Blue and Cream, and filled a uh, filed a cease and desist letter demanding them to stop selling the merchandise that holds the title of his songs with with DJ Snake. What? <laughs> Turned out for what was certified five times platinum in September 2014. Yeah. The King of Crunk offered to make a deal where he would receive 40% of all future profits for the flask, but the company declined. What? What? <laughs> Is that what, what? he said? Yeah. Pretty, pretty what much. What his reaction? <laughs> what? <laughs> the flask was inspired by the song, um, the song's party theme. Boutique owner Jeffrey Goldstein says, this is likely a case of a third party trying to bully us. No, it's not. But the right thing to do is stop selling the flask. It was all in good fun. It wasn't meant to cause an international incident. What? (laughs) This has not been the first time Blue and Cream has caught heat for its merchandise that reflects rap culture. But the company says it believes it operates within the rules of intellectual property. It's ridiculous. 
jo- Jonah <laughs> Jonah Reddle, um, director of e-commerce for Blue and Cream, says to Hip Hop DX, can Lil John prove that he's the first person to ever say turn down for what? <laughs> That's so stupid. That's some super thief shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's stupid. Uh, it's funny. Someone who once trolled our website found T-shirts which celebrated the iconic 1994 hip hop songs and albums. They were particularly aggressive about it. It ain't hard to tell. Well, it ain't hard to tell that no one owns that phrase. Yeah, talk to his fucking lawyer about right, that. Right, right. Because you don't know what he got copyright yeah, on. Yeah, you don't fucking know. You know what I'm saying? The fact that the song went five times platinum, the <sighs> fact that yeah. the song was so popular, he would have been stupid not to get the yes, phrase the copywritten yeah, to yeah, trademark it. Trademark. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm sure I'm sure it's a trademark out Yeah, are they trying to call his bluff? I think so. Hmm. But the right thing to do was to stop selling it. No, right. the right thing to do was to not sell it at all. Right. Or get the man's permission and make yeah. a deal, you know, yeah. like he tried to do. He didn't try to just tell him, like, all right, just stop selling it. He's yeah. like, all right, you can still sell it, but 40%. Yeah, let me get my cut. Yeah, well, I don't know why people do people like that, man. It's, I think it's one of those things where they just, they're trying to call his bluff. Mm-hmm. I don't think Lil John is one of those broke rappers, though. You never hear nah. stories about him getting high and Mm-mm. doing dumb shit. And, and I remember I seen something on TV where this motherfucker really, like, he really is like an avid reader and a smart dude in mm-hmm. real life. So <laughs> um, I don't think, I think they're uh, they're underestimating him. I think so. And, uh, you know, it's not very cool. Yeah. But, but, it sounded to me like what you were saying. Like they have, I mean, a name. That's some Wu Tang shit. Blue and cream. Right. That's the fucking uh, Cuban link shit. Right. Yep. Is it not? It is. You know what I'm saying? That's Sharking. Ghost, yeah, that's Ghostface shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? The, the interlude. Go back and listen to uh, uh, Only Made for Cuban Links once. One, they got that that uh, interlude we're talking about dying Clark shoes. Yeah. And not. he's like, all you die <laughs> is this shit right here. Right, right. You know, I'm gonna kill niggas or something. <laughs> see, see, but you die it, and then, then you can do any color you want. Mm-hmm. It's to be like blue and cream. <laughs> right, right, right. Yo, like, yeah, that's where they got that shit from. I think maybe, maybe thieves just, it's like we all borrow, right? Yeah, borrowing is different. Yeah, but when you start monetizing someone else's uh, thing mm-hmm. as if it's yours, it's like, come on, family. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I mean, it, it goes it goes into, you know, talking about intellectual property. Yeah. Why? Why? I mean, I understand business. Yeah. You know, I understand business. But whatever happened to integrity, man? Thank you. Why is it? Yeah. Why does it automatically jump to we're operating within the framework right. of the law instead of we're operating within a moral code mm-hmm. that tells us this is right or wrong? Right. Yeah, like what's what's up with integrity? Like you know where you got the name Blue and Cream from. Yes. You know where you got turned down for what from. Yes. You know where all those albums that you were selling t-shirts of. Yes. You know you didn't come up with those phrases. <laughs> you on. didn't come up with those songs. Nah. Those album covers. That's not your art. Uh-uh. You didn't get that permission. No. You know, so why is it okay? Why why is it okay? Whether you operating in the in the in the confines of the law or not, why is it okay? I think it's not okay, and I hope he sues the fucking pants <laughs> off of them. Hell yeah! Well, I I, I mean, he's they, if they stop, I guess I guess at this point, you know, well, but, stopping it. But you know, as we talked about in the uh, the strong uh, the long arm of the lawsuit, oh, yeah. it's not always about money. Right, it's about principle. principle. Yeah, and when you offend a man. He's going to go in to, to make sure that he's standing on that principle, man. And you might have to feel the wrath. Yeah. And it's a small boutique. I bet Lil John, got, <laughs> Lil John can buy that motherfucker. A million dollar lawsuit would cripple them. Yeah. 
Uh, if it's a small boutique and he's because he wouldn't even care about the, the 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 winning, it would be more about putting them in a prolonged battle mm-hmm. that they can't win and crippling their business by diverting all that attention and funds to this court case. Mm-hmm. That's not a good place to be. No. Because really, I mean, he could probably go back into, the, you know, how much money have you made off of this? Yeah. And I want to cut it out. That would have been a conversation that they should have done. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I think maybe somebody was telling me, it might have been RJ was telling me about somebody suing him over an album sample. But it was a sample that at the time the person didn't own it or something like that. When the first, when his album first came out of the sample, that person didn't own it. Mm-hmm. Then they got rights to it later on down the line, maybe five, 10 years later. And they tried to sue him for what they perceived to be all of the money he ever made from that song or sample that ever generated. Yeah. But they didn't own it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he was basically like, look, you know, I can show you that this only generated this much during these years. Mm -hmm. So I guess suggesting that we can start there as a place of, you know, negotiation mm-hmm. to, and I think it would be a good faith gesture on their end to say, look, we created 1000 flasks, 500 flasks, 200 flasks. Mm-hmm. Here's proof. Here's our receipts. Here's where we sell them at. We can show you that we've only made X amount of dollars right? and we're willing to split this with you this way to make this go away. I think that would be a sign of good faith actually. Right. Integrity, man. Yeah, it's lost. <laughs> it's very you know, lost. You know, uh, you know, it's it's always it's always about the principle because people lack principles. Yes, I don't understand. So yeah, I mean, I hope he sues him. Yeah, I hope he sues him too. All right, take a break. Yeah. Super Duty Tough Work is now available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. So whether you use SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or iTunes, we're there. Please take a second to follow us on whatever podcasting app you use and stay up to date. Thanks for your support. Hey, we back and we back, 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 back. Talking about originality, um, talking about integrity, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Kid Cuddy. I like Cuddy. Yeah, I've I'm always liked Cuddy. Cuddy. I, I, was, I wasn't a big Cuddy fan when he came out, but his records were technically amazing. Yes. The production the on The production. Him? Oof, <laughs> man. Like very, very, like, I mean. And you know I'm known. I've I've made some depressing songs in my life. Oh yeah, you're not Cuddy's <laughs> level though. Yeah, but he took your title. Yeah, like he took it to another level where it was hard for me to get through. So, like the song Night Terrors. Oh, I that was a second joint. Or I think so. Yeah, 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 man. Like just sad. Like it's yeah. like you want to give him a hug when you see. It's like why is he so sad? He's all rich and famous. Right? And like he doesn't just want to hold him. Like it's yeah. okay, Cuddy's gonna be alright. He keeps a lot inside that Cuddy. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but. Cuddy calls out copycat rappers. Mm. Mm. Tell him, Cuddy. A lot of those out there. Mm. Uh, Kid Cuddy debuts a new hair color and calls out his in- imitators. What the fuck a hair color got to do with it? <laughs> That's what it says. Why they put that in there? Hey, man, you know. Uh, Hip hop journalist. Hip hop journalist. Game up. Yes, whack. All right. Kid Cuddy's new album, Speeding Bullet to Heaven. I like that title. Um, found the rapper further descending. The rock and roll rabbit descending down the rock and roll rabbit hole, or at least continuing to stray from his rap rapping roots. Nonetheless, it's safe to say that Cutter was among the first generation of internet rappers, rappers that helped the blogosphere become what it is today. Today, Cutter vented to his Twitter followers about his departure from hip hop and spoke on his imitators at the same time. 
Oh, he also showed off a rainbow dyed hair job. <clears throat> he wrote, my skin is my skin. My sound is my sound. Ain't nobody doing it better than me. Pass it on. Cuddy continued, needed needed to address this madness because I explore other musical realms. Everyone want to act like I ain't show these niggas the path. <laughs> like I always say, there has to, there, there can uh, like I always say, there can ha they can have the recipe, but they can't cook it like this. Do you agree with everything that he says? Hell yeah! I Tell do. him, Cuddy. Tell him. I ain't even that crazy about you, <laughs> right? But I agree. I agree completely. I agree, Cuddy. I agree. I mean, what, when you can think about originality, the, the thing that comes to me sometimes is like age mm -hmm. is a factor, uh, integrity is a factor, mm -hmm. and then but also I think like. Uh, personal development is a fact like knowing yes. who you are mm -hmm. being how, comfortable yeah how much do these things play into an artist being like original or not i think they play a lot because if you but it also it also goes into wanting to express who you are like knowing who you are being comfortable who you are and wanting people to know who you are especially because as an artist you're projecting outward so everyone's going to be looking at your individuality and how are they going to perceive it and are you comfortable with that like if you go back if you go back and look at Busta Rhymes yeah you know leaders of the new school yeah if you go back and look at organized confusion yeah I mean just early 90s original, early original, 2000s original. Nobody wanted to sound like nobody. Yeah. Everybody wanted to sound like themselves and be distinctive so they could sell records because they didn't sound like tribe. They didn't sound like, you know, this group or that group. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So and now we're we're, we're, we're just, in a different era. We're in a different era where it's like, I'm gonna make this song so I can sound like Drake, so I can sound like future or designer yeah, or yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a very different mindset and it's about I think it has to do with confidence in your own skill. Yeah. Confidence in your own ideas. You know, because it's just like with you doing um adventures in counterculture. In the underground, there had not been an album like that. No. Like you started working on that record before 808s came out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there had really not been any hip hop that was like that. And because you are comfortable with who you are as an artist and who you are as a person and presenting that to people, you weren't scared to step out on that ledge. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a big problem in hip hop today because everyone's scared to show people who they really are. It's a fact. It's a fact that, you know, I, I think that the, the thing that popped in my head as you were reading that is like Cuddy is probably the last person I would suspect uh, I would predict that would come out and make a statement about that topic. Mm -hmm. He's kind of like a, a laid back, almost like a withdrawn kind of artist. He doesn't make many statements about his own music, mm -hmm. about politics within the industry. He's really kind of off him in his own thing. You know, he's not into like drama or beef with anybody. He seems to have strong relationships with anybody, everybody came in the game with, yeah. you know? And so uh, to hear him speak like that, makes me really think that one i think it's great yeah i think that you know back in the day the people who made biting bad were artists mm -hmm. artists said look this is unacceptable <laughs> right you right. know do your own shit i don't want you sound like me on no album <laughs> right, you know right. like they said it they made it clear like don't bite my rhymes if you go back and listen to early hip-hop from like the mid 80s yeah. to like 
early 90s. Talked about biting. Biting was in at least two songs on an album. Yeah, at least. There was a reference to biting. Don't bite my rhymes. You know what I'm saying? Don't be biting. Mm -hmm. It was a thing. That thing is completely gone. But I think if that code is going to be reinforced again, it's not going to be. I I think that the, the, the artists at the highest levels have to make that value important. Right. Because if they don't say anything, what they're really allowing the industry to do is to completely steal their style and, and, and their whole thing and then mass produce it and put them out of a job. Yeah. And yeah. they're co-signing this uh, cookie cutter microwave approach to creating music. Yeah, creating art. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think that, you know, the industry is going to always try to bite. Yeah. The industry, you know what I'm saying? The people who sit at desks and right. look at metrics and, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because they want to see what's hot and then they try to duplicate it. Exactly. That's what they do with every record. That's what they do with every artist, with R&B artists, with yeah. rock artists, all of that stuff. Yeah. That's what it is today. But but I would argue that right now is the, um, what do they call it? This is the uh, golden era mm-hmm. of biting. Oh, hell yeah. I think we're in the 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 epitome like the the golden age yeah like right now biting is at its peak oh yeah it has never been more rewarding to be a biter right like biters are now going platinum yeah look at designer yes like i mean future sounded like future when future yes came out. yes and when i first heard the life of pablo yeah i thought it was future on the record I had yeah. no, I didn't know who this designer dude was. <laughs> I thought it was Future all over the record. Like, yeah. oh, this, you know, Future sounds better than I ever heard him sound. You yeah. know what I mean? And now this designer dude is, he he getting more props than Future. Come on now. And look at look at Drake's imitators. Oh, uh, come Bryson on Bryson Tiller and who's the other guy? He's got a couple who are just like super. Oh, super him. Yeah, this yeah. Is like him. You're like, wow. Mad sons. Yeah, got there's mad. so many kids in the industry. <laughs> So many children. So many children running around with his style. Is vast. Oh my god, they're everywhere. <laughs> Badass little kids. Not respecting their pops. You know? Clean up your room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Like little badass little kids out here. But they're they're totally not even trying to hide the influence oh, anymore. No. It's like they're rhyming over production that sounds like his production. Mm-hmm. They're rhyming about topics that he would rap about. Yes. And they're actually <laughs> and technically they sound like him. Yes. That shit, and they're going platinum now. Yes, they are. That's amazing to me. It's I don't sad, know sad. because there were always imitators in hip hop, mm-hmm. right? There was always some lurking around, but they never really won, right? You know, like Shine didn't win, right. biting big, right? He right. came, we we're like, oh, he cool, he sound like B, whatever, yeah. you know. But he didn't win, right? He didn't fucking take over the industry mm-hmm. and make you forget about Biggie, right? You know, but now you got guys who are literally taking these dude styles and the people are forgetting mm-hmm. or they just don't care anymore that part is they don't me. care that's what it is because it's like action bronson is a great example pipe because he's you cannot deny that he sounds like ghost come on people there's will no, try there's no denying no. but the thing is now because i think he can rap i yeah. think he makes good songs technically he can Techni- rap. Yeah. but i can't listen to him me either I can't. Me neither. It's like I've tried. Because you got the value system of an OG rap guy. <laughs> I do. I, OG rap guys can't <laughs> listen to people prosper when they sound like somebody they already had. We can't. Right, it's right. against our code. Yeah. I just, I just can't. I, and, and, it's, and it's sad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And unfortunately, and, it, and I don't think that, I don't necessarily know if he did it on purpose. 
Yeah. Because when he talks, like that's his voice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when you rap, you kind of rap in your own voice and you add, you know, yeah. little little spices and stuff to it. It's just it just messed up that he sounds like Ghostface. Man, he knows he could have changed his show. Oh, Look, yeah. when I first started rapping, who I sound? I sound like CL Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could play these demos. One day I'll uh-huh. bring in these old demos where Blueprint sounded like CL Smooth mm-hmm. to a T. Because he was like my favorite rapper for like a year. I was oh, like, yeah. this is my guy. I heard Mech and his soul brother. I was like listening to that tape every, every day. Yeah. And uh, so I sounded like him was right when I first started rapping. But eventually I started realizing, hey, I sound like CL Smooth. I got to stop this. I got to start finding my own voice, my own style. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was living by the code of the ogs yeah because i mean because you came up in the time when that was the code period yeah you know that was the code for the platinum selling artists they didn't sound like nobody you know like when i was coming up when i first started writing raps you know i would listen to the roots i would listen to you know organize i would actually take like certain verses of theirs yeah and write my own raps in those patterns yeah you was biting hard. no no and I'm, <laughs> but i wouldn't record them it yeah. was just for practice yeah you know what i'm saying like i did that kind of stuff for practice and it helped me develop my own style okay. i would never record anything like that but i did that like that was some of the exercises yeah. that i did with my now it's the rappers. opposite right they just do it like oh i gotta what is he rapping about <laughs> i'm gonna rap about that right right what's the pattern I'm gonna copy this exact mm-hmm. rhyme. What pattern. key is that beat in? Yeah, I'm gonna rhyme the exact same key. What <laughs> instruments are in it? Like it's really detailed. Like if you are a producer of hip hop or you write, you cannot ignore the technical similarities between these things. Oh yeah, it's just so uncanny. Like I couldn't bite this shit any better. Like if I study, and I'm pretty consider myself a pretty good student of the game. Mm-hmm. Where if I hear a style of production, I could sit down and learn it. And, yeah, and, and figure it out. Yeah, yeah. like. These guys are literally copying those guys' styles to a T. Mm-hmm. With no shame. Yeah, it, it's a weird thing, man. So I don't know if it's going to change. I think we're in the era where fans now don't know the era when everyone sounded different. Right, right. Because they're it, coming up in a time when everything on the radio sounds the same. Yeah. You can't tell this person from that person, that producer from that producer. Yeah. You can't tell. Yeah. And who's enforcing the code? No one. Who's reminding them of the code? No one. No one. And so it's it and and and, and what happens? Like you can't enforce a code if you can't penalize somebody for it. Mm-hmm. You say, "Oh yeah, you biting." Okay, so what? I'm still rich. Yeah, I'm still getting my bars. Right. Out. You know, to find individuality now, you have to you have to go to underground. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You can't like there's nobody that sounds like open mic eagle. Facts. You know what I'm saying? There's nobody that sounds like bus driver. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's nobody that sounds like slug even. But to I, find yeah, and but <clears throat> in order to find them, you would have to know their influences. Right. Like you and I know the influence of bus driver and open right. mic eagle. Right. But that's them that's their OGs. Right, right. They're not taking their OG spots and claiming like, oh, I got this and I'm sounding just like you. Yeah. It's not even like that. Yeah, they're borrowing. They're they're developing their own styles. Yeah. And, but they're, you know, it's just like, you know, imitation is the highest form of flattery exactly. to a point. You know, but you have to learn how to develop yourself. So take a little piece of this. How can I take a little piece of this that I really, really enjoy and what would I do with it that makes it mine? Yes. You know, and that's the difference between taking something and saying i want to sound exactly like drake as opposed to drake is a dope rapper right you know what about his style do i like and what about me can i combine with that to create yeah. something entirely my own yeah you know and that's the difference yeah it's crazy man it's, it's such a weird era man like i wonder <laughs> it's bad man yeah it's really bad but i'm always torn because i feel like 
technically rapping is better now than it ever were mm-hmm. was. I feel like rappers can do more technical stuff mm-hmm. than they ever could in terms of like their patterns and being at, just having chops. They're like, oh, these dudes all got chops. Yeah. But where I think it falls apart for me is a subject matter oh, and b originality. Subject matter is probably subject. Both of those are very high and are very much lacking today. Yeah, yeah, that would be my only knock. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's like if you guys knew what you could do with like a, a small change up of subject matter to mm-hmm. really win. Yes. Oh man, you you no one could compare themselves to you. Right. Like you shouldn't be no one should rap about the same shit you rap about because right. no one lives the same shit you live. Exactly. Yet so many rappers rap about the same shit. Because they're not truly, truly comfortable in their skin yet, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's wild, man. So yes. I don't know. I hope people will eventually come up with a code or something that says, "Hey, we value originality." But I guess it's like you know politics. You know, you you you, you vote with your dollar. Yeah, I guess so, man. So, yeah, <laughs> you know? so I mean, it's up to the fans. Yeah, it's up to you the fans. Ultimately, you, you have to stop supporting cats that sound like this person or that person. Like yeah. nobody sounded like Drake when Drake came out. No, nobody. No, no. you know what I mean. So. No. That was why I liked him because yeah. there was nobody talking about the stuff that he talked about and sounded like. But now you turn on the radio and it's like, is that Drake? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Is that? Oh, is that the weekend? Is yeah. Jeezy? Is that? <laughs> yeah. Like you got mad imitators. I'm like, wow. You got three or four imitators. <laughs> is that Migos? All large, right? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, all y'all sound like this, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild, man. So we'll see. You know, vote at the uh, <laughs> at the record store, man. Yeah. <laughs> iTunes. Vote, vote, with, your vote with your iTunes. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. We'll take a break. All right. Bam. Have you ever wondered what life is like for an artist on the road? Ever wish you could take a look behind the scenes and learn what it's really like to travel and play in different cities every night? Well, now you can. What a Night is the third book by MC, producer, and author Blueprint. Part comedy, part tragedy, and part bizarre. What a Night takes the reader deep behind the scenes to tell previously unheard stories about the worst shows of Blueprint's 13-year touring career. Any artist can write volumes about the great shows they've had, but where's the fun in that? Order your signed copy now from waitlist.net. For a limited time, you can get all three of Blueprint's books for just $25. Only at waitlist.net. Thanks for your support. All right, all right, all right. back in the building, back in the building. Mm-hmm. Be original, people. Mm-hmm. I hate cats that ain't originals. It, it, it burns me up inside. <laughs> It you burns me physically hot. I, yeah, like physically, chest, it's like I start sweating. Like, what? <laughs> what the hell is going on? Because I mean, we just came up in a different time, man. Yeah, man. I work so hard to sound like I do, man. Right, right. Like, I work oh, hard to sound, sound like me. Yeah. Nah, man. It took effort mm-hmm. to develop the style. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. So, um, last but not least, Mr. Chris Brown is being stu- sued for stealing a fan's hat. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> All right, Dallas, Texas. Chris Brown is being sued um, for $2,750 over an unreturned hat. The hat in question belonged to Mark Stevenson, who claims he gave it to someone in Brown's entourage to get signed by the loyal singer at a 2015 concert in Dallas, Texas. But it was never returned. He also claims to have been filed or bullied by Chris Brown's crew. Steve They just stole his hat and then bullied Give me that hat. Give me that. Nice hat. Sucker. <laughs> you Debo. They debo him. 
Nice uh, hat. It's my Steve, hat now. Stevenson now apparently wants twenty five dollars for the hat, two hundred twenty five dollars for his concert ticket, and twenty five hundred dollars for the bullying. Brown played in <laughs> Dallas at least um, at least twice last year on February sixth with his Between the Sheets tour. Again on September tenth. Did he have the hat on? Uh, he might have. That's what I want to know. <laughs> for his one hell of a night tour, <laughs> Hip Hop DX uh, reached out to Marquette Stevenson in Dallas for more details, but didn't hear back. The circumstances mimic similar allegations against the singer from last July from I, from IG from an IG user that said that. The unreturned hat belonged to her deceased father. She stole my daddy's hat. <laughs> Brown dismisses the claims <laughs> and accused the user of harassment, ending with "fuck your punk ass hat." <laughs> <laughs> oh hell no! Yes, see breezy. Yes, man. Yes, I fucking love it. I fucking love it. I love it, Fuck man. Your punk ass Fuck hat. Fuck your punk ass hat. <laughs> Fuck your couch. <laughs> he got Rick James on that ass. Fuck your hat, man. Ain't nobody thinking about your hat. Right. I got a thousand hats. Right. All of them dope. Right. I don't care about your sweaty ass Yankee fitted. Fuck your punk ass hat. Fuck your hat, man. It don't even fit. Oh, man. Fuck your punk ass hat. Tell uh. him, Chris Brown. Sometimes, man, you just got, hey, let him know. Uh. Ain't nobody tripping about your motherfucking hat, man. Right. I'm Chris Brown. Right. What I look like stealing your hat. Right. I can buy you and your hat. I got a million hats. All of them better than your shit. Right. A hat, though. Yo, his response just, I mean, that's it's awesome. just mic drop shit. Right? <laughs> Fuck your punk ass hat. Bars. That shit is great, man. I love it. I fucking love it. Him and Danny Brown are my favorite two people right now. How about I just take this picture down? Right. <laughs> Since you so butthurt. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Fuck your fuck ass hat. Yo, this is the best, man. More rappers should just respond like that when people say shit to them. Hey. Fuck your punk ass hat. That's it. That's the fuck your couch of, the, of 2016. That's, that's great. <laughs> I got a new respect for Chris Brown. <laughs> I really do. He commanded the English language so effect, you know, so effectively right there. Like your punk ass it was hat. the perfect amount of words. He it didn't was. he didn't say why. Right. He didn't get into it. He ain't say, I ain't ever seen your hat. I ain't got nothing to do with this. You didn't get to have him. He didn't give you no background. Right. It's just, oh, word, fuck your punk ass hat. <laughs> That's so great. That's great, man. <laughs> I mean, can you visually imagine him saying that the dude and just turning his back on him and walking away? Right. And dude be like, oh, why gotta be like that? Why gotta be like that, Chris? That shit is some Debo shit, man. That's like That's your awesome. man's like, yo, man, um, pop's really tripping, man. He want his hat back, man. You know, I, I I ain't tripping about the you know. It's my my hat now, fool. <laughs> my hat, fool. I was like, yo, man, uh, Debo, I want to talk to you about that bike. It's my bike now, old man. <laughs> you want some? You want some, old man? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like a scene out of Friday, man. That's Friday. <sighs> you want some, old man? Nope. <laughs> yo, man, Pop tripping about the bike, man. He want the bike back. I ain't say nothing. I ain't say nothing. You know, pops. You know, man. Yeah. You're a true dog. You gotta get the bike. Hey. <laughs> D 
T-Bone knocks his ass out. Yeah. Fuck your punk ass bike. Yo, man, that's just great, man. I don't even that's know awesome. how to add on to that. We'll need that to. shit is the best. That's, like, that's, a great, that's a great way to end. What can I add to that? Nothing. Nothing. This is the best. Nothing needs to be added to it. It's a mic drop. <laughs> that's it, folks. See you guys next week. <laughs> Alright, alright. Chris Brown with the most original shit I ever heard. <laughs> Fuck your punk ass hat. End of story. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great. Alright, see y'all next week. Alright, peace. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Peace. Shoot, I got styles already that's more complex that nobody know about. I mean, super duty tough work. Huh?